praise God who gives us breath. And it is he, God triune, who greets us with these words. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from Jesus our Lord, Jesus Christ, and through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before we open God's word, Jamin's going to read it for us. I'd like to pray with you. Please join me. Gracious God, it is an honor to serve you today. It is also a privilege and an honor to listen to your word. And I pray that as Jamin reads it and as I speak about it, that you will help us to encounter you. That we will hear what we need to hear to inspire us, to convict us, to encourage us as we walk with Jesus. Amen. So we will have a short message this morning where we are looking at another facet of why church. We are together again on a journey, that long time logo and tagline that we use. But as we come back together, we're asking why church? And specifically today, we ask why Service Sunday? I know that you are here, many of you are participating from home, ready to go out to your, your location, so you probably don't need to be convinced, but it is still good to be reminded why we do this, and why we even do it on a Sunday that happens to be Halloween and Reformation Day as well. So Jamin is going to read from 2 Corinthians 5, Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 5 and he'll read verses 16 to 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thanks be to God. So why are we doing Service Sunday? Listen for one R word and three M words in my short message, and I'll help point them out to you. This book, Wonder, has been a favorite at our house ever, ever since I encountered it a number of years ago. It opens with the narrator, August, a 10-year-old boy saying, I feel ordinary, but I don't look ordinary. He says, I won't describe what I look like. Whatever you're thinking, it's probably worse. All August wants is to be ordinary, 
but his facial deformity prevents him from feeling like he can be ordinary in all the social places that he goes to. He has been homeschooled since the beginning, but now at the beginning of fifth grade, he is off to school. And as he gets to school, there is conflict. Conflict with his classmates who make fun of him and even bully him for his face. Conflict with his older sister who loves him, but really just wants to fit in and feel normal herself. Conflict even with himself. What does it mean to be him? What does it mean to be ordinary? He wants to fit in. As the story progresses, those conflicts get more and more intense, and they lead to a climax, after which things start to resolve. And by the end of the book, we get a sense that August has, in some ways, resolved many of the conflicts that he's been experiencing. He's been able to make some friends, He's been able to make peace with his sister. He's even been able to make some peace with himself. We might say that August is able to reconcile with all of these characters and even with himself. He discovers, in fact, that rather than being ordinary, it's actually okay sometimes to be extraordinary. Now, I described this plot line for you, but it's a familiar line, right? We start at the beginning, there's a conflict that gives rising action to a climax and then falling action and some sort of resolution at the end. This is, in fact, the plot line of God's story as well. God's desire from the beginning of time was loving relationships loving first of all with himself, God and humanity, but also loving relationships, humanity with itself, with one another, Adam and Eve at first, but then the rest of us as well. He also had a plan for how human beings were going to behave and care for the earth. That was God's plan, but very soon in human history, there was conflict. We call it sin. Sin broke down relationships. Humans chose other things instead of God to give worth to. They fought with one another. They didn't even have a very good sense of who they were in and of themselves. And they certainly did not take care of creation as God's precious possession. And so God has enacted a plan, a plot, to bring and end a resolution to his story. And we call his plan, his plan of reconciliation. That's the R word. God has a plan, which we call a mission reconciliation. So as we think about why we serve today, mission of reconciliation. Reconciliation for God means a restoration of all that was broken very early on and has continued to break down. Renewed relationships, restored relationships, trust, friendships, renewed creation even. Every facet of the relationships. Experiencing love and faithfulness, righteousness and peace. It's a lot like that word shalom we often talk about in the Old Testament that's translated peace, but means so much more, flourishing, thriving, everything being well. 
And so this plan of God's begins at the beginning in the garden, but it has much rising action over the centuries of the Old Testament. And then the climax is Jesus' arrival on earth, and not just his arrival in human flesh, but also his life, his ministry, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. In the passage Jamin read for us today, Paul says twice, God has reconciled the world to himself through Christ. God made him who had no sin to be a sin for us so that we might be called the righteousness of God. God's mission of reconciliation climaxes in Jesus Christ's work on the cross. And today on Reformation Day, that is what Reformation celebrated. Martin Luther nailed complaints, arguments against the church door in Wittenberg, Germany because he saw that the church was not proclaiming that gospel of reconciliation. They were proclaiming a different gospel that involved too many human constraints. He said, this is the gospel, that Christ alone is the way to eternal life, to reconciliation with God. The story ends, as it's recorded in Revelation, with God making all things new. No sin, no pain, no crying, no more brokenness. We look in longing and hope for that resolution. But between the climax and the resolution, where all has been reconciled, we get to participate. God says to the church, the big C, capital C, church, I need you. God says, I want to partner with you in my mission of reconciliation. So God's mission of reconciliation becomes our reason for existing. That's why we as a local church exist, to participate in that big C church mission as well. We are called to be reconcilers with God. In our vision, we call it to live like Jesus. We are called to live in word and deed as Jesus did while he was on earth. We might say another banner that we have sometimes had up is that our, our mission is to love God and love neighbor. That is another way of saying reconciliation. We want relationships to be whole. Paul offers us two additional expressions of what this mission of reconciliation means. And here are the other two M words. He first says that we are given the ministry of reconciliation. The Greek word there is the word that we use for deacon. It means doing, it means serving, it means acting. God gives us work to do. So we can ask, how can we act in ways that bring wholeness and restoration? Whether that's cleaning, whether that's creating something new that is hopeful, whether that is working with relationships to restore them. How can we help someone experience the hope, the peace, the kindness, the flourishing that God desires. Paul says that if anyone is in Christ, there is new 
creation. So we get to do, we get to minister in ways that bring that newness. But then Paul also says, we have been given the message of reconciliation. And there that word is logos, word. We implore you, Paul says, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So there are words that we can use to tell God's story, to explain why we are doing what we do, because we desire to see people experience wholeness and reconciliation with Christ. So we can speak peace, kindness, love, joy, all the fruit of the Spirit in little ways contribute to the reconciliation that God has in mind. This mission, the ministry and the message of reconciliation, is for all of us. It doesn't matter whether we're 5 or 12 or 25 or 75 or 95. It's for everyone and every day, whether it's Monday or Saturday or Sunday. And it's for every person, no matter what your task is whether you find yourself being a pastor or an engineer or a teacher or a student or an HR rep, a stay-at-home parent, or an aged saint in long-term care. Paul says in Colossians, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, as working for the Lord, not for humans. Somebody shared with me this week a quote from Martin Luther. Martin Luther said, if I knew the world was ending tomorrow, I would still plant an apple tree today. If I knew the world was ending tomorrow, I would still plant an apple tree today. And I think that he said that. I I don't know for sure, but when I hear that, I hear him saying, I am participating by planting something good in the reconciliation of this world. I am planting hope. I am contributing to the wholeness that God has in mind for his world. And so I invite us to go serve today, to practice the ministry of reconciliation, maybe even to practice the message of reconciliation if people ask, what are you doing here? Why are you here on a crappy Sunday morning? Why are you doing this? But I hope that this will also serve as a challenge for us, that what we do here as Faith Church every six months or so, twice a year, is not a replacement for what God calls us to every single day of our lives. I hope that as we model together and inspire one another to make service part of our lives, to make reconciliation part of our lives, that we will think more fully about what reconciliation might look like in our lives tomorrow and Wednesday and three months from now. Whatever you do today might feel very ordinary. 
But as you conceive of it within the framework of God's huge master plan of reconciliation, be encouraged that you and your work are extraordinary to God, and he will bless us. I will pray with us, and I have the honor of sharing some of the church needs in our prayer time as well. Most of the needs that are shared in our congregation are, are in the Friday newsletter that's emailed to our community. If you are not receiving that and would like to, please send a note to ashley at faithcrc.ca. I will add to what was in the Friday e-news that Marion and Homer had a tragic loss in their extended family this week. They had a grand niece pass away very suddenly at the age of two. And so we grieve with their family as well. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for Paul's reminder that we are called to be reconcilers with you. You are already around us doing the work that you have planned. You are bringing new creation everywhere if we have eyes to see. I thank you for the opportunity to partner with you. And I pray that you'll give us big eyes and big ears to see and hear you already at work. Guide us to know how to contribute. Bless our efforts today as we participate in small ways, partnering with other organizations who do this work. Inspire us to do this work each day. We recognize, God, that we don't always want to hear about the work you've called us to. We don't even want to love you. We don't want to love our neighbor the way that you call us to. And we're sorry. We pray that you will renew our hearts, that you will empty us of what's wrong and bad, and that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Help us to overflow to others with that goodness you give us. We pray at this time for members in our community who are struggling especially. We think of Homer and Marion and their extended family. We pray with Henry and Jerry for Geralee and her family. We pray for healing. We pray for strength. We pray for healing also for Noah and his parents rest for them, strength and endurance for them. We pray for an abundance of comfort to that family as they walk through a challenging time.
We pray for elders and deacons in this church, office bearers who make hard decisions, who have hard conversations, who are asked to lead us. And I pray for wisdom. I thank you that Matt has agreed to serve. I pray that you will fill him with wisdom and strength as well. And as we have already prayed, God, I pray again for our neighbors, the organizations that we will be involved with today, the people we will see. May they know that there's something different about us. May they be encouraged and may they be curious to ask questions. We pray that you will bless us as we partner with you in your mission of reconciliation, both ministry and message, until you have made all things new. In the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Would you please rise? As you go, go with God's strength and blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. We are ready to go. And I just remind you again to email photos. And if you have a story to share about how God has brought you into cool ministry or message, I invite you to send that to deacons at faithcrc. Be blessed.